Okay. So this class will be, uh, as an outline, Charles Swindoll has written a series of books on a number of personalities in scripture. There's one on David, one on Moses, one on Paul, one on Esther, and there might be some others. What we're going to be doing is, yes, sir. Is there one on Nehemiah? No. What we're going to do is go through this David study, and I put this sight and sound David up there because this guy has already been there. I was going to say, he's ahead. He is ahead. And what he has done to me, I have told Bible stories to all my, I got 13 grandkids, told Bible stories to all those kids. And so what I've done is I've created a curse on Sunday school teachers because these kids know all the details (laughs) and they answer all the questions. And so I was telling him and some of the others of his siblings, the story of David. And he starts off by saying, Papa, you're saying it wrong. It's David, because that's how they did it at Sight and Sound. And then I did the abridged, then I did abridged version because we were traveling somewhere and I wanted to come to a breaking point. And he interrupted and he said, you forgot this and you forgot this and you forgot this and you forgot this. (laughs) Okay, I see how it's a person. Yeah, so I don't know if that's going to happen today. It better not. But what we're going to do. You said I can't. That's right. But what we're going to do, we're going to plow through David. And if we're finished, come early part of September, we're going to start up a, a Wednesday night. Come on in, Flo. I'm sorry, I'm late. That's quite all right. Flo, Let's meet see. Norma Lynn. Hi, Norma Lynn, Flo. And who's this young man? That's my grandson, James. Hi, James. How are you? So the master plan is to plow through David. If we finish it this week, that's fine. If we don't finish it this week, we will continue in the mid-September. We're going to start a Wednesday evening session. We'll finish David and we'll go right into the life of Paul. So that's the overall game plan. So that having been said, there's my email address and my phone number in case you have questions or comments or if you want these slides, because when I'm done with them, I print them out just in case the equipment doesn't behave itself. If you want these slides, I can just either give you the paper because it's just going to go in the trash can or I can email them to you. So either way. All right. So. Flo and Norma, because there's just a few of us, what's going to be interesting when I ask questions, what do you already know about David? Oh. What, what, kind, what kind of labels could you hang on him? James? Good king. A good king. He's a king? Shep- Shepherd? Brave. Somebody else? Well, brave. Brave, okay. Uh, you know, many wives. Many wives, yes. Slayer of, slayer of the wives. Okay, he was brave and he, okay. Any other thoughts? He's a man after God's own man heart. Man, okay, now that's the, that's the climax, the man after God's own heart. So what do we know about David? He was a shepherd right? He was a fighter. He was an adult. He, we're going to get to that one. He was an outlaw. Yes. He was a king. He was a lover. A brother. He was a sinner. Yes. Of course. He was forgiven. Yes. He was a man after God's own heart. So in terms of being a shepherd, what kinds of things can you think about him shepherding? James. Sheep and goats, okay. Other thoughts about him as a shepherd? Well, hard labor. Hard labor, but okay. He was also a musician. He was Not a musician. Much. We're going to call oh, There you go. Yeah, he was a musician. Shame on me. <laughs> James? 
Yes, he was. Let's see. We'll fill in some of the blanks. He sang psalms when he was out there. And uh, I will say the book that we're copying from, which is the Chuck Swindoll book, uh, he was very prescriptive. He would come out and say, these are the lessons learned because he's not just a teacher. He's a preacher, too. All right. I'm not going to be as prescriptive, but there are things we can pick out of these classes on our own. What we're going to learn is that being a shepherd is pretty monotonous. All right. Uh, so we all have some monotony, monotony, monotony in our lives. So how can we break that up? You know, make a joyful sound unto the Lord. James. What's the word? I can't even say. Monotony. What does it mean? Boring. Uh, boring. I guess so, that was what I wanted to make. So later on, we're going to see a picture of David. He's going to have his lyre, his his harp. I guess today, if there was a shepherd out there, he might have a guitar. And there are the sheep just you know, doing their thing. So he sang songs as a shepherd. He killed the lion and the bear. Bare, bare. Barehanded. All right. Unintended. He was forgotten at Samuel's arrival. We're going to start in 1 Samuel 16, where Samuel goes to the house of Jesse, and he's going to sacrifice. And they use the word, he consecrated the family. I don't know what happened when he consecrated the family. I do know that uh, in the Mosaic law, when they would consecrate, they would, they would ceremonially wash their hands. But they went through all those rubrics and never thought about David, James. Consecrate. Consecrate means to make holy. To make holy. Okay. Uh, I well, I'm having trouble with that. But if you don't understand them, don't be bashful. Go ahead and ask. Okay. So if we would, no, he's certainly not bashful. So if we were having the the last uh, uh, a commemoration of the Last Supper, a communion, one of the things that the pastors will do. They will ask you to judge yourself. Make sure your heart is clean. And the Bible says, and for those who didn't make sure and went ahead and received communion, said some of them sleep, and that doesn't mean passing out in church. Some of them heart, then put away the foreign gods and the Ashtaroth from among you and direct your heart to the Lord and serve him only, and he will deliver you out of the hand of the Philistines. That's a good deal, right? So the people of Israel put away the Baals and the Ashtaroth, and they served the Lord only. And the cities that the Philistines had taken from Israel were restored to Israel from Ekron to Gath, and Israel delivered their territory. The key point, there was peace also between Israel and the Amorites. It was a time of peace. Why did I highlight Gath? <laughs> I gotcha. Was that where Saul was from? That was where Goliath was from. They had retaken the city, but they didn't do it completely. And we're going to come by as we study this thing, and we're going to learn that one of the cities that Joshua did not conquer was Gath. And one of the kings... That, when, that Saul did not deal with was Agag. Now, he's not from Gath. And we're going to see how not completely following the Lord will end up haunting these guys.
So Samuel judged Israel all the days of his life. When he became old, he made his sons judge over Israel. How did that work out? Not good. Not good. Because his sons did not walk in the ways that turned they turned aside after After gain. Okay. The sons, the sons were not really worthy to be to be judges over Israel. They took bribes and they perverted justice. So the Israel, the elders said, Behold, you are old and your sons do not walk in your ways. Now appoint for us a king to judge us like all the nations. Samuel's reaction was. Why? You have a king up there, and he's the one true king. Why do you want one here? It'll not be good. And God said, give them a king. This thing displeased Samuel. His reaction was he was displeased when they said, give us a king. So what was God's answer to Samuel? Let's give somebody else a chance. How did God answer Samuel? I can't answer that. I'm not sure. They have not rejected you, Samuel. They have rejected me. Okay. Samuel had a tough lot in life. He was dealing with his sons that were renegades. He was dealing with a king, Saul, that turned out to be a troublemaker. Yeah. Mental. He definitely had a mental issue, at least one of them. Okay. And he was dealing with people that weren't quite where they needed to be. So three reasons that Israel wanted a king. They're all in that verse. Why did Israel want a king? Because they wanted to be like the other nations. That's the last one. Now, other two. They're all right in there. Because his, his old and his sons cannot be judged. Okay. You're too old. Your sons can't judge. Come on in. Come on in. I think, yeah, we're giving you but we have some other snacks too. I thought they brought that in. Oh, super. Thank you. Okay, what? Here. <laughs> so, Samuel, you're too old to be the king. Your sons are no good. And we want to be like the other nations. What were the other nations like? Not good. Well, we don't know not that. Not we don't we don't know that completely. If there was a king. The king would have some order. Well, I right? thought I was going to say order. So okay. The king would have some order. And whether he was a, a good king or a bad king, you read First, Second Kings, First, Second Chronicles, you find there's a good collection of both flavors. Mm-hmm. Right? And some mixed flavors, like sour and sweet, like a sour patch kid. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, so how do you pick a king? James. You look at their heart. Well, that's and how you assess their heart. That's how God picked the king. So, first of all, James Dobson, you're familiar with James Dobson, right? Everybody knows who James Dobson is. Christian psychologist, focus on the family. Uh, I will tell you that he was in his prime as I was raising our kids. And his uh, the most memorable book to me was Dare to Discipline. Oh, yeah. It came out when. Uh, I can't remember Dr. The Spock. Doctor Spock, yes, Doctor Spock was talking about you know don't Not do this, don't do that. Children, yes, don't dare to discipline. I will tell you this: my Rebecca and Ben have raised three wonderful adults and never touched them. I don't know how that happened. Yeah. Okay. Yet the Bible says, "Spare the rod, spoil the child." Right. But Doctor Dobson talked about the way we value people. 
and you can see it if you've if you've watched any of the Disney movies about high school age kids or maybe just a little bit older than that. There are three things where a person has more value than the person next to them. Okay, maybe somebody is smarter. Maybe somebody's you know the jock, the the good sports person, or maybe somebody's rich. Okay, and the woman wants to look a little prettier or skinnier. Well, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, but but they're the things you know. Man looks on the outward appearance, but God looks upon the heart. So, how do you pick a king? Well, normally it's the son of the existing king, right? So now we're talking about Saul's case. There was a man of Benjamin. I highlighted Benjamin because of all the tribes, that was the smallest of the tribes. Because he was the smallest. Okay, now you need to take time out. Of all the tribes, Benjamin was the smallest. And when Saul was confronted, he said, why would you pick me of the tiniest tribe? Right? We're going to find that David came from the tribe of Judah. And Judah means praise. And Judah got the birthrights because Reuben, you know, these are the birthing orders underneath Joseph, under, underneath Jacob. Reuben was the oldest. He had sex with one of Jacob's concubines. So uh, he wasn't worthy. Then you have Simeon and Levi. And when their daughter Dinah was raped, they went and they tricked all those people and murdered all those people. And that left the fourth one, Judah. Now, Judah did something else when it came time for ransoming Benjamin out of Egypt. Reuben first went and he said, uh, if I don't bring if I don't bring Benjamin back, you can kill my sons. Well, that's not much of a substitutionary sacrifice, is it? When Judah. Oh, boy, oh, boy, oh, boy. Look at this. Sounds like break time. 